Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Drew Unscripted. We're coming at you with that AEW and NXT review. Both shows were obviously very good tonight, very important, especially the main event of each show, which I'll be getting into. All right, you guys, we are officially live. How's everyone doing? Hope all you guys are out there safe, thinking positive, keeping the good thoughts going. That's what we got to do, man, in these tough times. Alright guys, so we got NXT and AEW tonight. Both shows were obviously very important, especially NXT. We had the Black Heart versus the Rebel Heart. That's right, the final time that we will see, so WWE says, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Obviously that was something that I was looking forward to. And then of course we had Cody and Sean Spears in the main event of Dynamite. Obviously, those guys have a lot of history with each other. So let's get into it, man. Before I get started, I just want to say shout out to some of the homies who have agreed to become guests on this show. I'm going to be interviewing a couple of homies coming up. It's going to be great. I know I've been telling you guys that, but, you know, we're just trying to get things together. We're just trying to get, you know, a time that everybody can come on and stuff like that. So it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great segment. It's going to be called The Shoot the shoot Sesh, where basically, like a shoot interview, they're going to come here. I'm going to interview them. They're going to tell me all kinds of shit, man. I'm going to interview them. It's going to be great. And the homies that I've talked to, they're already excited to be coming on the show. And I could not be any more thrilled to have them on. And I know you guys are going to love to hear them, too, because... They're going to be telling you guys just how they became wrestling fans. You know, do they want to be wrestlers in the future? Do they want to get into the biz themselves? We'll have to wait and see, man. Interviews should be starting tomorrow, if anything like that. Tomorrow tomorrow or Friday. But it's going to be great, guys. I can't wait to start talking to some of these guys, man. I miss them. I haven't seen them in a minute because obviously it's stuff that's been going on. But these guys are guys that I've been going to wrestling shows with. You know, some of them got me into the wrestling shows, so it's going to be great, man. You know, and, and I hopefully you guys enjoy it. All right, guys. So we had, I'll first be talking about Dynamite. Dynamite obviously kicked off with, you know, they kicked off with the squash. We had Lance Archer, you know, the, the what, what is he, the Motorhawk Monster or something like that. Basically a squash match, you know, Lance Archer, obviously, you know, he's under the tutelage of Jake the Snake Roberts, who, by the way, kicked off Dynamite before the match, sorry about that, guys, and he basically did another great promo, you know, Jake the Snake, man, you gotta give him a lot of credit, the guy's been around forever, and his promos have not changed, man, they're still solid, he can still cut a great promo, Jake the Snake can always use that voice, he can always be sinister and sound scary, you gotta love it, man. And obviously the pairing with him and Lance Archer, you know, let's see let's see where they go with it. Let's see how long it's going to be. But Lance Archer, you know, he has a great looking moveset. The guy has a cool theme song. He has a pretty cool look. You know, obviously they're building him up for that tournament that will be taking place. The TNT Championship Tournament. Which a lot of people are, are concerned that it's going to be a little too obvious with him and Cody. A little too, uh, you know... A little too, like, obvious on who's going to actually be in the finals and stuff like that. Hopefully, if I was booking this, I would like to see maybe Darby Allen and Lance Archer in the finals. You give Darby Allen that that underdog advantage, you know what I mean? Because we... I mean, if you follow if you follow Darby Allen's career, you'll know that the guy can go up against just about, just about anybody. I mean, this guy went up against Walter in Evolve. You know, so, you know, obviously, <laughs> Darby Allen, man, I'll tell you... Don't sleep on Darby Allen. The guy's 
amazing. But this was a pretty good showing for Lance Archer. You know, he's doing what he needs to do. You know, he's you know, he's the new guy around, he's the new guy in AEW, and he's the new monster in AEW, so, you know, he's doing what he has to do, then we had Hikaru Shida taking on the one and only DMD, Dr. Britt Baker, now, this match was pretty, was pretty brutal, I gotta give him credit, this match was pretty, it was pretty, pretty stiff, you know, Britt Baker, obviously, is just turned heel, you know, she obviously has cut some great promos, you know, I think her and Shivani have great chemistry when they do, you know, little segments, and Britt Baker, look, I mean, a lot of people said, you know, she's not that good in the ring, she kind of misses spots, honestly, I don't think that, I think, you know, she's getting this opportunity to be a heel, and I think she's doing a great job with it, you know, I just wish that, you know, they would have her win a little bit more, but, you know, obviously, this was what it was, you know, we had the match, you know, Hikaru Shida is a great talent. You know, she's obviously becoming one of AEW's top talents, you know, for the women's division and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously, you know, good showing from her. This was a great match. Um, during the match, you know, Britt Baker got busted open. Her nose was bleeding. She was smiling. She was selling it, you know, and that looked brutal, man. The blood looked real brutal. Of course, we had her try to go for that lockjaw submission. Hikaru Shida got the better of her. She got the victory. And like I said, you know, you're trying to build up Britt Baker as this, you know, as this heel. Maybe not a top heel, but obviously a heel that can get by, but you're not having your win. So, I mean, you got to start giving her some wins. But, you know, this this was fine for what it was. You know, look, I'm an easy mark when I see blood. <laughs> you know what I mean? I always give it, you know, I always give it. A shout out, I always give it like a lot of respect. I always give it praise. So seeing blood from, from Britt Baker was pretty cool. I had never seen her bleed before, so this was a pretty cool to see her bleed and get crazy in the match. And then we had some tag team action. We had Michael Nakazawa and Kenny Omega. That's right. The AAA champ. One half of the AEW tag team champs, Kenny Omega. Obviously, Omega and Nakazawa, the king of baby oil. These guys, you know, are obviously you know, they're obviously tight and stuff like that, going all the way back. They faced off against the best friends. Last week, let it be known that Kenny Omega and Trent Beretta actually put on a pretty good damn television match, man. A lot of people have called it a classic. They called it a clinic. You know, obviously, those guys went those guys went in there and they, t they tore it up. This tag match was pretty good. It was pretty decent. You know, obviously, anytime you get Kenny Omega in the ring, you know you're gonna get a clinic. And Michael Nakazawa looked pretty good too. You know, he's you know he's a bit of a you know comedic wrestler, but obviously, you know, I mean, you know, he's doing what he could. He's doing the best of it. And the best friends are great, man. Especially with Orange Cassidy. There was one spot in the match where we seen Orange Cassidy dive on to Kenny Omega, and that's just, you know. AEW, man, you know, you got to give them credit, you know, they let their characters be them, and that's the one thing that I respect more than anything, is the fact that AEW lets their characters be themselves, you know, they don't really restrict them that much, so I kind of, so I don't kind of, I definitely respect that a whole lot, but we had, you know, we had this match going on, we had the best friends getting the victory, you know, they pinned uh, Nakazawa, so obviously, you know, the best friends, maybe they'll get a tag team championship opportunity. Maybe we'll see the best friends versus Hangman and Kenny Omega. You know, that could always happen. That'd be a pretty good match. So good stuff, you know, good stuff from, from the two teams. And then we had some video packages. We had a video package for John Moxley and Jake Hager, who will be facing off in an empty arena match. Not like they have a choice, obviously, because of the circumstances. 
but it will be for the AEW Championship belt. You know, obviously this is going to be physical. I think, you know, AEW is their version of Brock Lesnar. I think it's pretty pretty much a given, you know, the way he's being built up and stuff like that, which is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think, you know, I mean, the one thing that I kind of don't, and I know they can't straight up go out there and say, oh, well, you know, yeah, you know, he, you know, he came from a different company. It's just like, it's that, I mean, let's be honest. You know, I just don't like the fact that they're making it sound like Hager, like Jake Hager has never been a wrestler outside of, you know, AEW. What I mean is like, they never say, oh yeah, you know, in the past he was a wrestler. Like they're trying to build it up as like, you know, this is all he did was MMA and now he's in the wrestling world. It's like, you know, for those of you that don't know, obviously Jake Hager, he was never the biggest star in WWE, but you know, he was a world champion. You know, he was ECW champ. You know, he won a couple, you know, a couple championships. He had some good matches, I think, personally with Randy Orton. I think he had some good matches with uh, Cesaro and stuff like that. I know many, many people probably don't remember that, but, you know, that's just, you know, that's just nitpicking. I mean, but this is, you know, what he's doing in AEW. So, you know, obviously him and Moxley should be physical. And, you know, I'm, I'm a John Moxley fan. I like how Moxley is able to be himself. And this is his, uh, I believe, yeah, it's his first title defense or his second title defense. Now, it's his first, I believe, because obviously right now we got Jericho feuding with Broken Matt Hardy, which I will be getting into a little bit because there is some news on that. But yeah, this was fine. This was a video package. Obviously, AEW, when it comes to video packages, you know, they have they have really great editing. So, you know, I obviously appreciate that greatly. So then, let me just go ahead and take a look at my notes real quick. We had that video package, and then we had some more in-ring action. We had... Let me see. I don't want to skip ahead. We we had the video package. And let me just go ahead and see. My notes are loading up right here. I know you guys are like, man, how's this motherfucker not prepared? <laughs> my bad. We had... I have because I take because I take a lot of notes, you know. I like to kind of just I don't want to miss out. Oh man, how could I forget this? So on commentary we had Chris Jericho with Tony Schiavone, and let me just say, man, Jericho was very entertaining as you would expect. You know, this was fun, obviously, because of the circumstances. You know, there's only you know sometimes one or two at the broadcast team it'll either be Cody we've seen it be Cody we've seen it be Kenny Omega we've seen it now be Jericho which I thought was entertaining the next match we had was Brody Lee taking on another taking on a jobber Lee Lee Johnson who was just on AEW Dark he just competed against QT Marshall on AEW Dark pretty good match you know Brody Lee was out you know it was just a squash match you know this was exactly what you would expect it to be the Exalted One destroyed this guy, got the win, hit that clothesline as only he could hit, you know. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, they're getting Brody Lee some ring time, you know, and they're, they're building him up. You know, before that, we had basically Brody Lee doing another promo, another, you know, you could say Vince McMahon spoof. I mean, like I said, you know, I honestly think, you know, they're going to try to get away with it as much as they can, man. You know, so that's what they're doing with Brody Lee. You know, Bro Brody Lee's obviously talented. And it looks like, you know, 
we might be keep on we might keep on seeing these you know these squash matches just for him to like because let's be honest I mean when the guy was in WWE towards the last part of his career I mean he really didn't get to compete didn't get to wrestle a whole lot so maybe AEW's mindset is you know we're just gonna have him you know do these matches so we can show that you know he is dominant and stuff like that so you know good for Brody Lee I mean like I said his finisher looks cool you know I think he fits the role perfectly. I think, you know, he will help help the Dark Order get more over and stuff like that. So this was good for what it was. And then we had the main event for AEW. We had Cody taking on Sean Spears. Now, obviously, there's a lot of history between Cody and Sean Spears going all the way back to when Sean Spears hit what has to be one of the most craziest chair shots I've ever seen. And I know, you know, ECW days, man, there was a lot of crazy chair shots. So... You know, this match was obviously, you know, it was, you know, the first round match of the tournament for the TNT Championship. You know, this was actually, you know, this was a match where, you know, two guys have known each other for many years. And they're, they're you know, they had some great chemistry. You know, this was obviously a continuation of the match that they had had previously. And AEW, you know, they had a great video package for these two guys, you know, building up until the main event. You know, this was actually, I believe, this was the first time they met in a match since last week and all the way back to All Out, which seems like a long time ago already. But, you know, Sean Spears, you know, I've met Sean Spears, you know, he's a cool dude. I think he's very talented. But I think, you know, with him, it's like there was a couple things that they were doing with his character that I really didn't get. I'm like, why does Sean Spears need a tag team partner? You know, you want to build them up as as a top heel, I mean, you put him with the legend like Tully Blanchard, but you know, everything happens for a reason, but the one thing about wrestling is that, you know, things always change and stuff like that, but I just don't feel like they've been building him up as a winner, you know what I mean, I mean, he comes out sometimes, he has a nice suit, you know, him and Tully Blanchard, I mean, he looks the part, you know what I mean, he, he fits the look, and he's gotten real bigger since his WWE NXT days, and you know, main roster days, but you know, I mean, this match was obviously built up as, you know, another chapter in Cody and uh, Sean Spears' rivalry. And the match wasn't bad. The match was good. You know, Cody and Sean Spears went out there and they both, you know, they just delivered, you know, an another classic. You know, these guys obviously work really well together. You know, we had a suplex from Sean Spears onto Cody onto the guardrail, which looked brutal. You know, the referee did not give a shit about the rules in this match. You know, obviously Cody hits a nice springboard, you know, cutter, or as they call it, the Cody cutter. Of course, Cody got the victory because, you know, they're trying to, like I said, they're trying to push Cody into the tournament. They're going to have Lance Archer get pushed in the tournament, I think. And I'm going to make an early make. I'm going to make an early prediction. I honestly think it's going to come down to Cody versus Darby, a rematch for those guys in the tournament. And maybe just maybe somehow Cody gets screwed out of it. And it's down to Lance Archer and Darby Allen. And maybe, you know, freaking Cody helps Darby win. You know, I know that's thinking a little too far ahead. But I can just see... Sometimes, guys, I can see storylines like this from a mile away. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route. But this was obviously... This was fun. You know, Cody and um, Sean Spears put on a good match. Good television match. We got Cody advancing. Unfortunately, once again, Sean Spears is losing. But... You know, their money was on Cody for this one, man. So we got Cody winning. AEW was solid tonight. I liked that. I liked uh, I liked the video packages that we saw. 
I liked the women's match. I thought it was, I thought they both went out there and they, you know, Britt Baker was obviously a champ because, you know, she was bleeding pretty bad. But the matches were good. You know, the video packages were great, greatly edited, and this was a good match, good uh, opportunity for, you know, all the fans that that don't, maybe don't watch Dynamite that much. You know, they start off watching this, you know, you watch the Cody's, you know, you watch, you know, the Hikaru Shida's, you watch, you know, Kenny Omega, you watch, you know, the best friends, like you're watching talent and it's just, it's awesome. You know, so obviously good match, you know, favorite ma match of the night, I would have to say would definitely be Cody and, uh, Sean Spears. The tag match was great too with, uh, Omega and Nakazawa and the best friends, but definitely the main event was a great match. And of course, you know, I can't forget, you know, the one thing about AEW that they're doing that I like is that, you know, they have some interaction, you know, they have the good guys sitting on one side of the seats and they have the heels. So, you know, I like that. I think that's dope. And I think it's fun to see like how the wrestlers, sometimes they interact, you know, with, with the other wrestlers that are pretending to be fans and stuff like that. You know, it's good stuff, man. That's great stuff. And then we had NXT. Let's get into NXT, guys. So obviously, this NXT was built around one thing. It was built around Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. We did have the ladder match, but Gargano and Ciampa was the main focus because supposedly this is going to be the last time that we see those guys fight. Now, I kind of have a hard time believing that just because, you know, with the way certain things go, I mean, look, I mean, look at Triple H and, <laughs> and Shawn Michaels, you know, those guys, look at how many times they said, oh, this was the end of the rivalry, and then, boom, we get another match. I mean, I could be wrong, maybe this will be the end, but obviously, I was looking forward to this match just because anytime you get Gargano and Ciampa, those guys are just gifted at what they do. It's always a good match. You know, there's a lot of history. This is one of the most personal storylines in NXT. And it was obviously built up that way as the final time that we will see. As, as I like to say, man, you know, this cinematic piece, the last part of the puzzle. So we started off NXT with Mauro Ronaldo. That's right. Mamma mia. Mauro is back. And I'm very happy to see that. And I think obviously, you know, you needed Morrow for the big for the big ladder match for all the women because he's the guy that can get it over. You know what I mean? So it was great to have Morrow back. It was great to see that and stuff like that. And obviously, after years of friendship and hatred, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa promised to finally put it to end. Blackheart versus Rebelheart, man, one final battle. It was going to be brutal, and it definitely was, and I will be getting into that. So, obviously, great to have Morrow back. We started off hot. We started off with the number one's contender ladder match for the Women's Championship, the NXT Women's Championship. We had Io Shirai, Mia Yim, Chelsea Green, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox. All these women who obviously advanced in the weeks prior for this match... Going into this match, I just, I had, you know, pretty good expectations. I figured, you know, we will see some crazy stuff in this match, either from Io Shirai or Candice LeRae, and we definitely got that. Now, obviously, you know, all these women are getting their start, you know, they're, they're, they're getting their start, 
you know, with NXT being live and stuff like that. And, you know, they might, they might still be getting comfortable. So it's obviously got to be pretty hectic for them. But obviously all these women are talented, especially Candice LeRae, especially Io Shirai. And who will ever forget their match at TakeOver? A classic, if you ask me. A true classic. We did have some crazy spots in this match. We had a nice bulldog. I'm trying to remember who hit the bulldog. I think it was... Was it... I want to say it was... Tegan Knox hitting that bulldog on, I think, two other competitors. But this match was, you know, what do they say? Fast and Furious? Obviously, Dakota Kai had Raquel Gonzalez, who got involved a couple times. But, you know, that's what you would expect the heel to do. We had a lot of crazy spots. We had Tegan Knox, who got put through a ladder. She got kicked off the apron by Dakota Kai, her former partner slash friend. And she broke the ladder. That looked brutal. <laughs> we had... Io Shirai, who I expected to hit a pretty crazy-looking moonsault, but she was climbing the ladder. She got pushed off. Luckily, she landed on the ropes and landed on the other competitors. Chelsea Green, I got to give Chelsea Green credit, credit, man, that credit, credit, because she took a couple nasty bumps with her knee involved, and I was just kind of like, holy shit, like, that looked brutal, man. You know, Chelsea Green, she looked like she injured her ankle, Robert Stone, obviously, formerly Robbie E, had to help her up several times. You know, all the women, they came out, they put so much on the line. And if there was a crowd, just imagine how the crowd would erupt. You could say that for a lot of the stuff that WWE has been doing lately. Like, just imagine how the crowd would, would react, especially with WrestleMania. So, we had, you know... Tegan Knox going after Dakota Kai. There's obviously that's there's off there's obviously still unfinished business, but of course Raquel Gonzalez, the insurance policy, the Diesel to her Shawn Michaels kept on getting involved. Tegan Knox went after Raquel, but constantly you know Dakota Kai was still in the back of her mind. It's kind of like he, she wasn't able to focus mentally and storyline. Io Shirai and Candice LeRae, obviously, like I said, used to be partners, used to be friends. They continued their rivalry, fighting on top of the ladder. Candice LeRae took a nasty bump where she fell off the ladder and literally landed on her back right on top of the ladder. That shit looked and sounded so brutal. I just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, damn, like, man, these girls are not messing around. These girls are taking, they're all earning their paychecks, man. I'll tell you that. We had Mia Yim take a couple of bad bumps in this match. She attempted to go for the ladder, but she ultimately was pushed off. She landed hard on the mat. Raquel Gonzalez saw that Dakota Kai was on the floor. She got Dakota back in the ring herself. She tried to put Dakota on the ladder. Tegan Knox was able to get Raquel out of the ring. But like I said, one big kick knocked Tegan right onto the ladder. So she was basically done for the whole match. The whole rest of the match, she was done. You know, Dakota goes up the ladder. But then we see Io Shirai. Io Shirai kicks her off the ladder. But then Chelsea Green comes into play. She was kind of out for a couple minutes because her ankle was giving her problems. And storyline. Hopefully just storyline. Hopefully she's not really hurt because <laughs> some of that shit looked painful. Well, I mean, it's going to be painful regardless. So we had a Robert Stone trying to help her win, but then we see both of them get knocked off the ladder. And Chelsea Green's ankle looked like it got tangled with the ropes, which did not look pretty whatsoever. 
So then we had, again, we had Io Shirai. Every other woman was basically out of the match at this point. We had Io Shirai and Candice LeRae fighting on top of the ladder. And somehow Io Shirai was able to kick Candice off the ladder. She reached far, and she kicked her right off the ladder, and Candice went crashing down, landing onto another ladder. At this point, it's pretty much a given. Io Shirai can just climb out to the top and grab the briefcase, and she did exactly just that. So Io Shirai is your number one contender, man, which means she will be challenging Charlotte Flair. Now, this was a match that I thought immediately when Charlotte won the championship, this match could be good. Now look, I, I was not big, and if you guys heard my WrestleMania review, I was not big on Charlotte getting the victory, getting the championship belt, for three reasons. Number one, I just didn't feel like she needed it. You know, number two, I just felt like, you know, you have Rhea Ripley, who has been has been built up strong, and you have the opportunity to give her a big moment in terms of her winning, and you didn't do it. And number three, it's like, you know, Charlotte Flair winning the championship, it's just like, you know, why are you going to give it to her? You've already established her as one of your top female talent in the company. If not the most, next to Becky Lynch, they're the two top talents, you know. And I would also argue Shayna Baszler. I think Shayna Baszler, in the short time that she's been with the WWE, she's only been there like two years, almost three years. She has became one of their top talents. She was their top talent in NXT for a while. But, you know, I have a little bit more of a positive outlook on it. I honestly think the however long... Because just because somebody wins a championship doesn't mean that they're going to have it for a long time. And I don't know how long Charlotte's going to have the championship belt. You know, they might have just given it to her for the reasons of, well, maybe she can combat what AEW is doing with their women and stuff like that. Which is not really a whole lot because Nia, uh, Nia Jax... Because um, Nyla Rose, you know, my bad, I botched. Nyla Rose hasn't really defended. She hasn't really been seen on television. But obviously, you know, she's probably taken... Because, you know, it is optional if you want to show up to TV. It's optional for both companies, AEW and WWE, which is understandable, even for Impact. And I think other, you know, companies out there. But, you know, I do have a positive with Charlotte Flair being in NXT. And that positive is... We can see matches that are good. Like, can you imagine how great a Charlotte versus Candice LeRae match can be? Maybe a Charlotte versus Io Shirai, and that's what we're going to have now. Unless things don't change. Because you know how sometimes in the storyline things change. You know, you could do Charlotte versus Mia Yim. I think Mia Yim's talented enough. You could even have Charlotte Flair and Shotzi Blackheart. You know, there's a, there's a lot of women that Charlotte Flair can face that she hasn't faced. So... The only positives I see with it is new matchups, new clinics, new opportunities, you know? And I think if booked the right way, Charlotte Flair and Io Shirai could steal the show. I really think so. I think you give them a match at TakeOver, hey, they can steal it. They can steal the show. Does Io Shirai get the belt? We'll see. I can see them giving it to her because she didn't get it from Shayna. When she challenged Shayna, this is Io Shirai's first opportunity at a championship since, I believe, that steel cage match with, with Shayna Baszler. I could be wrong. But, great ladder match. All these women killed it. Io Shirai got the victory. Good for her. Her and Charlotte Flair, 
will they have interaction on the next set of tapings? Because there is rumors that WWE will be doing live tapings again. We'll be live, and I'll be talking about that shortly. Maybe in another video, or maybe on this video. We'll see. But, you know, when they do, like, an altercation or a confrontation, we'll have to wait and see. But good match. These women killed it. Shout out to Chelsea Green, who took some really bad-looking bumps, as they all did. But Chelsea Green's knee, that looked bad, man. That looked brutal. But, you know, great for Io Shirai. Charlotte Flair and Io Shirai, man. You know, I think you have a, I think you have a big money match right there for your NXT Women's Championship belt. So then, moving on, we had. Let me see. We had a Finn Balor sending a message to NXT UK champ Walter. Obviously, ever since Finn Balor has come back to NXT, the guy has been booked like a million bucks. This Finn Balor that we've seen in NXT, the Prince, this is the Finn Balor that we've needed to see for a long time. Now, I get it. Look, you know, Finn Balor is not in control of what he does. You know, he has to just do what he's told to do. I get that. But the smiley Finn Balor, you know, the underwear model Finn Balor, the smiley Finn Balor, like, that wasn't Finn. The Finn Balor that we need to see is the guy that's serious, the Prince, the attitude he had in New Japan. But you know what? I get it. Once you come to WWE, it's a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different topic. But Finn Balor going back to NXT, I think, was a great career move. And you can tell he's obviously back where he feels like he belongs. And ever since he's come back, man, he has been great. He's been he's been booked great. He's had great matches with the likes of Matt Riddle, Tommaso Ciampa, you know, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole. I mean you know, Finn Balor coming back to NXT is what he needed. And obviously the whole Prince thing he's doing now, I think has been just, it's really worked out great for him. Now, several weeks ago we had, if you guys remember, we had Finn Balor in the ring. This was after he defeated Johnny Gargano at TakeOver Portland. We had Imperium interrupt him. And then it's like, okay, so we're going to get... A Finn Balor face turn. Or maybe Finn Balor is just going to be a tweener. We'll see. But we had that brawl. Finn Balor fought off Imperium. But Imperium obviously got the better of him. Fast forward Finn Balor goes to NXT UK. Which they did show a replay of. Because Finn Balor has not been seen on NXT TV. I believe you know just like a lot of the other talent. He's you know he's not comfortable going. And that's understandable. It, it is optional. So that's that's the good thing about it. But obviously on NXT UK, they were showing this back. Finn Balor did defeat Alexander Wolfe, formerly of Sanity, if you believe it or not. Now with Imperium, you know, good match. That was a good match. And it looks like they're building up towards Finn Balor and Walter. That's obviously the case. Which has all the makings of a classic. Walter has nasty chops, man. A knife edge chop from Walter? No thank you, man. You couldn't pay me to take that shit. But obviously... You know, the Prince, Finn Balor, he cut a pre-tape promo on Walter, on Imperium. And, you know, he promised that he would take the championship from Walter. So basically, he's basically saying, you know, I'm going to take your freaking title. <laughs> and the Prince said that, you know, he's patiently waiting. His story will be taking the championship from Walter. Walter can't, you know, hold that championship forever. And basically, 
whenever things get cleared up, he's coming for Walter. And I think that match, if you do it on a takeover, if you give it NXT TV time, if you do it on NXT TV, man, that's going to be a, cl- a classic right there. I think that's going to give that's going to give Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic a run for their money. Definitely looking forward to that. This was a nice pr- promo as Balor has done great promos, and it looks like whenever things whenever things kind of progress and Finn Balor comes back to TV, we could obviously be getting Finn Balor and Walter either a contract signing. Or either they have a face-to-face. Either way, this is your next NXT UK Championship picture. Finn Balor challenging Walter. And I think that'll be great. I think that'll be money right there, man. That is going to be money. Take my money, man. That's going to be fucking epic. So obviously, we have this new tag team. Led by Malcolm Bivens. And again, I am not going to say the names right. I'll try. <laughs> Rinku and Sh- Surav. Again, Rinku and Surav. Obviously, they're with the Bivens Enterprises. Now we saw these guys debut. These two big-looking dudes, man. They, they, I, at first, I thought they're they're maybe they're in the Samoan family, man. Maybe they're in the Samoan legendary family, the Anoa'i family. You know, these guys look mean. These guys look like badasses. And, you know, it's good for the NXT tag team division, man. NXT getting more tag teams. It's good for the division. And, obviously, Malcolm Bivens, the guy, obviously, the guy can talk. He can cut promos. And the last time we seen these guys, they attacked Matt Riddle. Pete Dunne was obviously not around because I think of the circumstances. But it looks like they're trying to build these guys up. And maybe we're going to get the Broserweights versus the Enterprises, Bivens Enterprises. You know, these guys had a squash match. Before that, we saw a promo. These guys, you know, did a promo backstage. You know, Malcolm Bivens, the guy, like I said, the guy dresses great, talks great. You know, he's introducing these guys to the NXT universe. And and these guys actually did have a squash match tonight. They defeated the team of Scott Parker and Shane Matthews before hitting them with a devastating elbow drop. You know, basically just a showcase for these guys. You know, these guys, like I said, they look mean. They're big as hell. These guys are going to be challenging the Broserweights. By what I saw, I can tell these guys can give the Broserweights a hell of a challenge, obviously. And not just because not just because of the size, but because, you know, these guys can these guys can brawl, man. And obviously the Broserweights, those guys love a good fight, man. Especially Pete Dunne. I mean, come on, that dude's the master of joint manipulation. So, you know, good little showing for these guys. Bivens Enterprises is off to a good start. Alright, guys. Let's get into it. Blackheart versus the Rebel Heart. One final beat. I love it when any wrestling company does this. When they have... Like, a special name for the match. I love it. Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. It all had to come to an end. It all had to come to an end. For years, we have seen Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano kill each other. These guys have put on clinics. They've put on classics. 
These dudes were great tag team partners. Even better opponents, man. Now, a couple weeks ago, we saw Triple H say that he's going to give these guys a match. But it's going to be the last time. That's it. After this, it's over. Obviously, both guys agreed. And we got this, man. Now, this was shot beautifully. This was another... This was like another... It was like a movie. How greatly shot it was. It was basically in an empty arena. But not the main NXT arena. This was like... I think... Let me t- let me see if in my notes. Because I couldn't tell what it was at first. But basically... This was in an empty arena. We saw Johnny Gargano arrive in, in the car. Candice LeRae was right next to him. And you can tell this was after her ladder match because she had her gear on. We had Triple H in the ring. He basically reminded Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa that this was the end before he left. And these two just went at it, man. These two beat the hell out of each other, man. These guys used kendo sticks. They used chairs. They used tables. Everything, man. Everything you would expect from a Gargano and Ciampa match. You know, this was just incredibly epic to me, man. This literally went an hour. This took up the rest of the second hour of NXT. And obviously with the good with the good reason. Because you're having Gargano and Ciampa one final time. You're going to give these guys freaking the whole show. And that's exactly what had happened. You know, they tore apart they tore apart the ring. Gargano and Ciampa fought outside. They fought on top of the NXT production truck, just like Edge and Randy Orton did for that last man standing match at WrestleMania. Gargano and Ciampa, you know, these guys pulled out all the stops. There was a couple spots in the match where Gargano got a steel chair and he literally started hitting the knee of Tommaso Ciampa, which looked brutal. Hit Tommaso Ciampa on the ribs, hit him on the arm, and then hit him on the neck. And then just like at TakeOver Portland, man, anytime I saw Tommaso take shots to the neck, I just couldn't help but cringe, man. That just, oh my god, like, that just looked so brutal, man. That was just, that was just, oh man, that was so cringe, man. I just, that was, it was a beautiful part of the match, but damn, it just looked, it looked bad. Like, that was hard to watch. Obviously, the Blackheart Tommaso Ciampa, he tore the ring apart. They went outside. They fought back inside. They went all over the place. These guys just, you know, these guys were just spent, man. They fought for about an hour. Gargano, you know, took a lot of punishment as well. We would see what I thought was a beautiful spot. Ciampa hit an air raid spin. Off the apron, onto the outside, onto the mat. Assuming that there was mats. And it just looked... That just looked painful, man. You could just hear the splat. And you can just hear Johnny wrestling. Johnny Gargano just laid out. And he was just spent. Both these guys were spent. These guys... Were just giving each other one hell of a beating. You knew this was going to be... Definitely the final battle. Because these guys were just killing each other, man. There was a couple sp- there was a couple parts in the match where I thought maybe somebody's going to get involved. 
maybe maybe we're going to get a Killer Cross, you know, interference. Just because, as you remember, Killer Cross came out in that promo. He didn't actually come out, but that vignette revealed his face at the end of Gargano's segment with Triple H and Ciampa when they were going to get this match together. There was a lot of number cuts in this match, a lot of, you know, camera cuts. The match was just, you know, it was just beautifully put, man. This was just, this was just, this was very brutal. Like, this was, I can't even put into words. This was just very brutal. The arena where they fought at times, it did look like the John Cena, Bray Wyatt, Firefly Funhouse match a little bit from the ring. You know, the part where the Fiend comes out and, and behind Cena and, like, you know, basically gives him the mandible claw. So maybe that was, obviously, it's all in Orlando at the PC. But these two guys, man, they just put on another great, you know, saga in their story in the Gargano Champa feud. Candice LeRae came out and she was very upset by what these guys were doing. These guys were obviously. You know, beating the hell out of each other. Prior to that, we saw Champa hit a Widow's Bell DDT on the exposed wood under the ring. Candice LeRae obviously was very upset about the whole thing. She came out. She basically begged Gargano and Champa to stop. Gargano and Champa were, at this point, these guys couldn't go anymore. These guys were just... Man, we can't we can't do this no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we've been killing each other for about an hour. And especially with the commercial breaks, the shit was longer. When I'm watching this, I'm like, what's gonna happen? You know, what's what's gonna happen? Because Gargano turned heel, but as far as we know, Candace is still a baby face. So, you know, what are we gonna see here? Champa, you know, he's beaten up too. He can't, you know, he could barely stand up. All of a sudden, we see Candice LeRae hit Johnny Gargano with a low blow. And I'm like, what the hell? She went up to Tommaso Ciampa before, like a second before this, and she said, I hate my husband. Are you happy, Tommaso? And then she freaking low, she freaking low blows Johnny Gargano. And I'm like, wait a minute. Are we seeing another swerve? Is Candice LeRae going to be with Tommaso Ciampa? That makes no sense to me. But it was just, it was weird. And we had Tommaso Ciampa, I guess, feel some sympathy for Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano got low blowed. Tommaso Ciampa went to pick him up a little bit. And they both were saying stuff to each other. Obviously, with no fans around, you can hear everything that they're saying. You heard Tommaso Ciampa say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And we thought, oh, maybe these guys are going to make up. Maybe finally these guys are going to make up and it's going to be for real this time. But then, just like that, man, out of nowhere, Candice LeRae comes back and she kicks Tommaso Ciampa. Low blow. Johnny Gargano then starts to smile. And he takes out a cup. So when Candice LeRae kicked him, she never really kicked him. He was wearing a cup. This was all a setup. 
Then we seen freaking Gargano hit Ciampa's own finishing move, the fairy tale ending right on that exposed part of the ring that would and got the victory. So this was obviously a plan from Gargano and Candice LeRae. Candice is now, I guess, a heel. And I'm kind of not so sure where that's going to go. Because it's like NXT, the women's division is great. It has a lot of future stars. But you don't have enough babyface women, I think, that can be a main eventer. And I think Candice was that girl, even though she never really won the big one, she was still that girl. Not to say that you can't book up anyone else, because you could easily put Shotzi Blackheart in that spot. And maybe that's what they're going to do, because Shotzi had a great showing last week in that gauntlet match. You can give that spot to Tegan Knox as soon as her feud with Dakota Kai is over, which it's kind of over, but it's kind of still continuing, especially in that ladder match. But I was a little confused. I'm like... I mean, I liked it just because I think it makes sense. She and Johnny Gargano got each other's back. They're married. And when this all started, Tommaso Ciampa, what he did, it, it affected Candice LeRae as well, just as much as it did Johnny Gargano. But it was a swerve because you thought, why did she kick Johnny? Now, maybe because Johnny's being a jerk. She was like, fuck him. But then she kicks Tommaso Ciampa. So definitely, this was a whole setup. And finally, Johnny Gargano wins. But again, I'm just, I'm confused. I don't know what they're going to do with Candice. You know, I don't know what they're going to do with Johnny. I don't know what they're going to do with Tommaso. I assume, you know, maybe Tommaso's going to feud with someone else. Maybe he'll get back into the NXT Championship title picture. I kind of wish that th that this was a loser leaves NXT type of type of a match. Like maybe you do a contract, maybe you do a hell in a cell. But this is what we got. Obviously because of the circumstances, I think. But I liked this match because anytime you get these guys in the ring, like I said, it's going to be a masterpiece. And I don't know what you do with Gargano now. I don't know, maybe you build up Gargano for the North American Championship again. Maybe you have Gargano take on Keith Lee. That'd be a good match at the next TakeOver. Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano. Only because right now we got, obviously, Adam Cole, who did cut uh, a stay-at-home promo on the Velveteen Dream, which I will be getting into. And I just remembered that right now because I'm like, what haven't I heard from Adam Cole? But I was just... I was just so... I was so excited to get to this match, guys, because, like, literally, I was like, what the fuck? Like, you know, we seen a bra... And then we've seen a swerve, and I'm like, damn, man, this... And especially what happened after. I will be getting into what happened after. But overall, this final installment was great. Having Candice LeRae turn heel was shocking, but at the same time, it makes sense. Because she has just as much of a reason to hate Tommaso Ciampa as Johnny Gargano does, even though... After Johnny Gargano won the championship, you know, we did see Tommaso Ciampa celebrate with him and Candice LeRae, like as if nothing ever happened. But in storyline, Johnny Gargano was thinking of a way to get his revenge on Tommaso Ciampa. 
if you would have told me when this when this rivalry first started that this was how it was going to end, I would have been like, what? You know, swerve after swerve. But like I said, you know, these guys deserve all the credit in the world for what they've done together in NXT. And I have a feeling that this isn't the end. I don't know. I just have a feeling that we will probably get one more match with these two guys and i know this was built up as the end and maybe it will be the end but i don't know maybe once they get to the main roster however that works out but this was fine for what it was i liked the physicality i liked the swerve i'm a little concerned on where candace is going to go from here because like i said i do feel like you could have you could have pushed her as a main eventer for the NXT Women's Championship again against the Charlotte Flair, against an Io Shirai if Io Shirai wins the belt, or maybe a three-way. But obviously for this storyline, this is what they wanted to do, NXT WWE, and it was a swerve, and I liked it. So obviously, you know, Johnny Gargano gets the victory. He's being carried to the back. Him and Candice LeRae are obviously... Very proud of what they did. Candice LeRae knew exactly what she was doing. She didn't have no hesitation. She was smiling. He was smiling. They were kissing and everything like that. So they were obviously a happy couple. And they're walking to the back. They're walking to their car. They're walking outside. But as they were walking by, we seen another couple staring right at them. And I couldn't really get a good look at first. Until I went on to Instagram. And I thought maybe, eh, it's just two people. Just maybe just casually in the background. But I was wrong. As Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano were walking off to their car to take off. As NXT was about to go off the air. Right as they were walking by that car. Killer Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux. Real life couple were literally staring right at Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. Why? I have no idea. Will this be a future program? Was this just Killer Cross making a cameo for the sake of making a cameo? I have no clue, man, but this was great. I like this. I know it was just a little cameo. It was just a little teaser, but... This means, more than likely, we are going to have Killer Cross and Scarlet together. And I think that's epic. I think that's great. I think this is what we need to see. And I'm excited for Killer Cross coming to NXT. You guys know I'm a big Killer Cross fan. Ever since I met the guy, ever since I've seen his matches, I just, you know, I fell in love with the character, man. I love the character. And I appreciate when a wrestler is very creative. And times are obviously different in terms of creativity. And I just, I'm very, you know, I appreciate that so much as a fan. And I think it's great that you're going to have him and Scarlett together. And if we do get a potential, you know, mixed tag, you know, yeah, you're going to have Killer Cross come in as a babyface unless Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae magically turn back into babyfaces because this was a heel turn, obviously, for Candice LeRae, I'm pretty sure. I think... This is what we're going to get in the future, maybe. Maybe we'll get Killer Cross and Johnny Gargano. Maybe we'll get Killer Cross and Tommaso Ciampa. Maybe we'll get a triple threat. No idea. But 
that little teaser got me excited. Just just like when the vignette came out a couple weeks ago. But I like this so much, man. I'm happy that we're going to have Killer Cross in NXT. Him and Scarlett being together, I think that's the way to go. Shout out to, again, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano for all that they did together, especially in this match. Like I said, man, AEW and WWE, shout out to them for still doing what they do during these hard times. And it means so much to me as a fan, man, so much. And shout out to all the women that competed in that ladder match, man. That was a dope match, badass match. Now, before I go, guys... I did forget the little Adam Cole promo that he did. It was basically just like a pre-recorded promo. Adam Cole's been doing that, but you know what? I think that's fine. I think it's great to have him, you know, do a little something. Obviously, they're going to build him versus the Velveteen Dream. They've been building it with the Velveteen Dream taking on, you know, basically every every member of the UE Undisputed Era. Last time we seen Velveteen Dream was last week when he defeated Bobby Fish. And I think him and Adam Cole, man, you have them... For the NXT Championship, I think that'll be a good match. That'll be a great match. Adam Cole is obviously one of my favorites in NXT. He's a great champion. He's a great heel. He gets it. And you know what? The Velveteen Dream's a future star, man. He's already a star, but he's part of the future of the company. So, you know, obviously him and uh, Adam Cole are going to put on a great classic, I believe. But this promo from Adam Cole was great. You know, Adam Cole has the championship, he knows how to be a champion, he acts just like a great champion, you know, so this was fine, this was fun, overall guys, NXT was a great show, both shows were great in my opinion, I think for AEW, what stood out to me the most was obviously the main event, Cody and freaking um, Sean Spears, that tag team match with Kenny Omega, Nakazawa taking on the best friends, and also that women's match, I appreciated the blood, shout out to Britt Baker for, for being a great sport, and obviously NXT, man, that women's ladder match was epic, man. Congratulations to Io Shirai, man. And obviously Gargano and Ciampa, man, the final beat. And that little Killer Cross cameo, man. You know, this, this was a great night for wrestling fans, man. This was a great night. AEW and NXT always deliver. You know, I don't have a side. I love pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah, you know, obviously NXT, WWE. Well, WWE, that was my first love for in pro wrestling. But obviously, with the emergence of AEW, just because I love pro wrestling so much, you know, I love that company as well, man. So obviously, this was a great night for wrestling fans. And I have no doubt, man, next week, man, both shows should deliver just like they always do, man. All right, guys, with that being said, I am out of here. I will be back with a brand new video tomorrow. I will be having my guest my first guess, I believe, is going to be either t either maybe tomorrow, maybe Friday. We'll see. But I'm working it out, guys. I do have a couple guests in mind. I can't wait to bring them on. I think it's going to be great. We're going to have a, sh a good old shoot sesh with those guys where they're going to come on here and they're going to shoot. They're going to interview and they're going to tell me whatever the hell they want, man. So with that being said, guys, thank you for tuning in. Stay safe, everyone. Remember, you can follow me on Instagram. All right, you guys, I'm going to take, I'm going to get out of here. Have a great night, guys.